Hey everyone, welcome back to High T Hoops. This is Brian Boche. High T Hoops. This is Brian Boche at the Duke of Hoops, and I am joined by Skylar, the Duchess of Hoops. What's up, Skylar? Hello, Brian. I'm so excited for today's episode. We had a great interview with Nat. Oh, so good. Nat Coombs. Man like Nat. Man like Nat from ESPN UK, the Nat Coombs show, basically the NFL guy in the UK. First time we've talked football on this pod. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But in even bigger news, he is the presenter for Sky Sports for all the BBL coverage Yep, with Kieran and Drew Lasker and, and our guy, Mike Tuck. So incredible interview. We, we covered a lot of stuff from the NFL, North American sports in the UK, BBL. He had fun anecdotes about their first live coverage of the BBL at Sky where yep. little mishaps, which was fun. Do we have any stories about me playing in the BBL or is that just Paul? That's just Paul. That's just Paul. Okay. Well, we'll move on. We need to ask <laughs> guests how they can help me play in the BBL. That can be like a running. Brian, you can't make this podcast into just you trying to get into the BBL. I can do that if you also vote for it because we're 50-50. <laughs> so I'll try to win you over. So we have that incredible interview. Wait around for that. But before we get into that, we're going to do a little NBA talk. A lot of fun off-season news. We'll go into BBL Cup, which was... We had all the quarterfinals and then BBL championship. We'll just touch on it um, from last weekend. So let's get into it, Skylar. NBA chat, off-season moves, number one storyline, Paul George. I'm just kidding. Sorry, (laughs) Paul George. Giannis is staying in Milwaukee, five years, $228 million Supermax Uh contract. Your thoughts? Uh, I'm so glad we don't have to – hear about this talk about this i'm so glad this this book is closed me too it's he's Um, in milwaukee there's a balance of power in the east yeah yeah a win for small market teams big win for small market it's i feel like it wasn't surprising to me was it were you surprised i was a little surprised just based on how many of these superstars over the last decade have said i commit i commit i commit and then yeah. leave and then go to but, the Lakers and then and then inevitably go to the Lakers or the Clippers they go to yeah. LA and Giannis has always been a different type of person than those players and so him being loyal to Milwaukee him constantly saying that he's loyal to Milwaukee yeah. um, I, I'm not so surprised there's a really funny tweet that was him in the bubble just like taking a bag full of bottled water <laughs> and just being was like that from the bubble I think it was because it looked like it was in one of the event rooms where they get tested. Yeah. And he's like, free water. And like, yeah. he's not going to turn down a five-year Supermax. Like, he set yeah. up his you know, generational wealth for many generations. So it didn't surprise me. What do you think about this from a basketball perspective? Though? Do you like that he is kind of setting up Milwaukee to be a powerhouse over the next five years? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that out of the teams where it was kind of, I don't know, rumored is a strong word. Fans were hoping he would go there. I think like Miami, Toronto. I like, I was like, it could, it can work, but like, I don't know. I just, I love this fit in Milwaukee with him. I love that he's setting up the city like this. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, I don't know. I don't want to be like old man yells at sky. Like it's always the Clippers and the Lakers and the Celtics and whatever, but it really is just nice to have another team in the mix every year and to have a, see another team like be able to 
make it far in the playoffs and see another city like be able to have that joy of winning and I don't know it just makes me happy to see him stay there yeah me too I love that Dallas has Luca. Milwaukee yeah. has has Giannis. We have the Heat, who have you know Bam. We have all these young stars and Hero and Jimmy Butler, obviously, but he's an older star. Um, it's just it's fun to have a diversity of teams around yeah. the country be really strong and have a chance to win the title. It's yeah, you know, I love like the Warriors. I think one of the greatest teams of all time, probably the best team of all time. You know, them versus yeah. the Bulls. It's hard to compare with the playing style. But when you like, okay, it's it's them to win every year. Now it's yeah. it's wide open over the next three years. Yeah, there's so many teams that could win now. Yeah, but we're going to see a lot more. I love the Heat getting to the finals. I love not knowing yeah. if the Lakers can get over the you know get over the mountain and actually make it there. So yeah, yeah this is a really fun one. I'm just happy for you. It's a win for the Midwest. Shout out yeah. the Midwest. Shout out Midwest. Maybe Detroit can get there, Giannis, at some point. We'll see. We won't get our hopes up. What's that LeVar Ball quote? They got a raggedy organization over there. Yes, it's they true. do. It's true. We're not getting Giannis anytime soon. Uh, all right. So Giannis, congrats, man. You did it. Hope to get some cha- – I, I really hope he gets a, a championship. That would be so yeah, fun. Yeah, me too. He's also, got the MVPs. <laughs> you know what I realized uh, like about a month ago? Giannis, he doesn't show his baby's face, which, you know, yeah. totally get it. But he still posts pictures of his baby. <laughs> and so he just, like, puts a little sunglasses emoji on his face, on Liam's face. It's very And funny. it is so – they always, like, make it, like, fit his face perfectly. It's so funny and so cute. Highly recommend looking that up. <laughs> if you ever want to question the Duchesses of Hoops, the Duchesses – Duchesses. The Duchesses of Hoopses. <laughs> If you ever want to question her NBA knowledge, she knows the names of every child of every NBA player. I cannot believe you. It's unbelievable. All right. That's true. Let's move on. Uh, Not Paul George yet. Sorry, Paul. Uh, KD and Kyrie back on the court. We watched this preseason game together. Looking good. What'd you think of this game? I mean, they're just so scary when they're together, aren't they? Like, these are just... Two of the most unguardable offensive players we have seen in literally decades. And them being together, it's just, it's terrifying for the rest of the league. Yeah. I, I was talking to my dad about this because he's a big KD fan for some reason. Yeah. And you worry about, you know, the foot injuries, the Achilles injuries for these, for the bigs, and it's hard to yeah. come back. But KD is so skinny. Yeah. He doesn't put hardly any weight on it when it's like 2009. His body looks exactly the same as it has for like yeah. five years. It's So he is still fit. He looked explosive. He's not put like when when 2008 Shaq has an injury on his foot, I'm like, okay, he's done. He weighs 380 pounds. Like there's yeah. too much stress. Yeah. Uh, KD is looking fit. He doesn't put as much weight on it. So I don't think he has as, yeah. risk, as much of a risk of injury. And he looked good. He looked explosive. He looked in proper form. He looks like his old self. Yeah which is terrifying for the rest of the league if him and Kyrie are back like that. Yeah. What did you think of their little Instagram live? Did you see that? Yeah, together. I like it. I think they just need to be super weirdos together. And I'm They're They're just the biggest trolls. And I love them just being, teaming up and being like, the best troll duo of ever, of all time. Yeah. Did you see Dame on the comment say, 
dude, just, just, just talk to the reporters, please. <laughs> he was just like begging him. He's like, he's like, please just, just talk the to the media, time. man. Please. He did like, after that. He did yeah, like he the did. next day. He did. Dan, just like, please, man, just do it for the rest <laughs> of us. We appreciate it. Yeah. yeah the nets are going to be fun. I'm, I'm curious to see if they make any moves because they, they are super deep and I think they might yeah. move Levert, your guy Levert, University of Michigan proud. Uh, I'd be so sad to see it. I'd love for him to get uh, carried along on a ride to the finals and to a ring. Seriously, can we get him on the pod? Uh, I don't know him like that. He's a bit older than me. Uh, we'll figure it out. There must be a friend of a friend. Yeah, I'm sure. Come on the pod, Karis. Yeah, Karis Levert, if you're listening, come on the pod. Come on the pod. We love uh, a Michigan man. Absolutely. All right, let's go to Paul George. Paul, it's your turn. You took the $226 million extension it's for five years. so much fucking money. Bomber just gave him the bag and you got to respect it. I mean, coming off a terrible bubble, he's just the laughing stock of NBA Twitter. Yeah. Uh, even Doc was throwing shade at him where he's yeah. like, I'm not even concerned. I mean, throwing shade back. It's not like Fair. Doc is just out here, like throwing shots, like without what's, what's that word? I don't know. I'm Unin- losing it too. Uh, with no unprovoked? prompting. With no, unprovoked. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. We're we podcasters. Just, we just, that was embarrassing. Wow. <laughs> uh, you're right. Paul George in our, in our emergency Westbrook pod, we yeah. also talked about the just podcast and athletic article that just roasted <laughs> the Clippers. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I, I mean, obviously this is amazing for Paul George. He's getting so much money for that performance, mm-hmm. but it was funny to hear doc when people were like, like, what about Ben Simmons shooting? He's like, I'm used to Ben Simmons shooting. Remember I coached Paul George. <laughs> And I was like, damn, Doc. Doc, you didn't have to do it to him like that. Come he didn't, on. But he did. God, I, I love Doc. What do you think is going to happen to Kawhi? You think he's going to stay now? No. He's just going to play know. out this year? Honestly, this Clippers team is baffling to me. But I think Kawhi is about to be sick of this shit because I also think the team is sick of him. So it's yeah. like, it's going to be a mutual thing. But they have Serge Ibaka now. It's true. Best friend. He's got his best friend back. Did you? All, all I want to know is, what kind of accessories are we going to be getting from Serge Ibaka in LA? Because it's warm weather, we can't have his like iconic, ginormous scarves anymore. So he might still are we do moving it, to, to be honest. hats, sunglasses. I mean, I'm excited w- to see. Well-known YouTuber Serge Ibaka. I'm excited yeah. for him to be in LA and just become that influencer he's always meant to be. Yeah, me too. All right, this news I think will excite you. You've already seen it, but you can feign surprise. Pau Gasol is interested in coming back to play for the Lakers to play with his brother, Mark. Skylar, thoughts? I, this was just shocking to me, honestly. Why? I don't – he's just – he's old. Jared like, Dudley plays for the Lakers, Skylar. I know, I know. Like, I am sure Pau Gasol could get his body back to a point where he could come in and, like – contribute contribute a little bit to the game but i don't know he's just i look at marcus all and i'm like that man is old so to hear powell wants to come back is wild and also just i said on a previous pod like we've got to stop just like making literally every sporting event about kobe and like linking literally everything to kobe and so i am just dreading what people are gonna do if Pau gasol comes back and how they're gonna like make everything about Kobe with both the Gasols. Like I told you how people were like, Marcus all has to go play with 
LeBron because Pau Gasol played with Kobe. And it's like, what is this transitive yeah. property, like mental gymnastics you're doing here? Like, we gotta, we gotta what stop. does this mean? And so I'm just like dreading what people people are going to do about that. But yeah, I mean, it'd be fucking dope to see. I'd love to see 40-year-old Pau Gasol out there with Mark. I mean, it's kind of realistic. LeBron almost every year packs the end of that bench with yeah. those old- With just like, people he likes. Yeah. I mean, and it works. Like James Jones was on that Cavs team. He brings in the known yeah. leaders that make the locker room culture super strong because yeah. he knows how hard it is to get to the finals and win. And he wants people in that locker room with that attitude to get them there, which yeah. the Clippers didn't have anyone like that. And they failed miserably. So yeah. he might have a point there. I, I, that would be great for content. So pow, please come back. I love pow. Oh. Please come back, pow. I love the Gasol. Big Gasol podcast here. Yeah. Anything related to them. Okay. That's our NBA wrap up. Can't wait for the season to start next week. I can't Me believe either. it's next week. I feel I know, like we just, we just ended the bubble, but NBA picks up next week. So we will have our normally resumed podcast back to our, uh, our typical format we did during the season. But before we get into all that, Skylar, big BBL day today, quarterfinals. They all played at the same time. Selena, if you're listening, I can't watch four games at once. All right. None of I don't have four can. TVs. I saw Sam Nita, full-time British basketball <laughs> advocate at Hoops Fix. Shout out Hoops Fix. Love them he had like four monitors up trying to watch all the games and it's too hard. Like just space them out. It's the quarterfinals. It must just be too hard to schedule with COVID. So uh, let's get into these games. So BBL cup quarterfinals. We had the London lions against the Plymouth Raiders. This is a quick rematch from the BBL championship. Mm -hmm. Lions pull this one out. 85, 80 in overtime. Oh, in overtime. I didn't get to see this one. Yeah. You were too busy with your Surrey scorchers. Yeah against the Giants, which was really fun too. But yeah, this one went to overtime. The Raiders hit two clutch free throws. It's not as time expired, but uh, at the end of the game to send it into overtime. And big performances from Ashley Hamilton, my number one overall pick for the BBL Fantasy Basketball Mm -hmm. Draft. Thank you, Ashley. Really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And then contributors this time. So Dirk Williams had 20 points. Orlando Parker, who is a new signing with 16 and 8. And then the Liggins, Kevin Ware, you know, the, the Justin Robinson were kind of contributors all yeah. around. But it's looking like we're seeing the Lions finding their stride a little bit and starting to mesh as a team, which is really exciting as a Lions fan. Yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see, especially after our little BBL drama on social a I couple know. weeks ago when we weren't sure if we were we going to have about the that? full... That was we terrifying. We weren't sure if there, we were going to have the full Lions roster long term. So DeAndre so Liggins threw out a little uh, plane emoji and like a waving goodbye emoji on Instagram. And that sent BBL Twitter into a frenzy. Like, is he gone? Is Ware also gone? Is, are the Lions collapsing? And then Liggins quickly corrected and went, no, I'm here for multiple years. Everyone stop. It's totally yeah. unrelated. I love uh, when players just post an emoji and then just like watch the destruction it. behind them. <laughs> yeah, well, Kevin Ware got into another battle this weekend with Tom Shocking. Bonnet and that whole group. God, BBL Twitter. It's been fun, though. I love it's that. Been fun. Yeah. It, like builds the community more. So keep creating the drama. It's really fun. Yeah. He called Tom Bonnet goofy again, and that was worse. So love to see that. Uh, next game, uh, Manchester Giants 87, your Surrey Scorchers 84, Skylar. Yeah, this was a 
heartbreaker at the end. They had a couple opportunities to tie it up and just couldn't make it happen. This was a tough one. This was a really tough one. But some of the positives, Martel McElmore had himself a game. Detroit basketball. Nice. Nice, Brian. If you ever go to a Pistons game, they yell that at all times. It's honestly, it's really fun. Um, Skylar White was 17 points. Yeah. You know, a win for all Skylers. You love to see it. Yeah, 84-87. Man, this was close. So I watched. I was only able to watch the very end of this one. But they had – the Scorchers had a decent shot to tie this yeah. game up. And just and they had a little putback. I don't think the putback would have helped. But, man, this is tough for the Scorchers. But good to see them rebound after a blowout loss, winning this weekend the BBL yeah. championship, and then being really competitive against a really good Giants team. Yeah, this has been, you know – it's been a tough start to the season for the Scorchers, so, you know, good to see them kind of banding together and, I don't know, almost pulling off the, pulling off the win. <laughs> that f- ended up feeling dark. <laughs> almost getting there, but Lyle Hexum, winning. <laughs> Lyle Hexum from the Giants has been a monster all season. He had 22-16, and 16, yeah. uh, just putting up those Kevin Love numbers. Jordan Whalen, Whelan, I, I don't know what it is. Jordan Whelan. Uh, I don't know what it is in my American accent. I only hear yeah. it in a British accent. So I don't know how to translate it. So Jordan, Sam Cassell Jr. nailed that one. I know that one. Both had 19 <laughs> and 17. So strong performance for the Giants. Um, they've been strong all year. So I, I'm excited for them to move on as well. Yeah. But good to get some hope from the Scorchers. Uh, Newcastle Eagles, 72. Bristol Flyers, 64. So the Eagles... Pretty competitive game. I wasn't able to actually watch this one, just watch some highlights. Um, but really strong performances from Evan Maxwell, who's been a really good big this season with 22-7. and seven. Um, And our Eagles, Skylar, just continue to play really well and look like a really solid team. Yeah, they're super strong. They're going to be tough to take down. Yeah, this like the Lions, the Eagles, the Riders, who we'll talk about in a second, just seem like they're separating themselves from the pack a little bit, even though the Giants yeah. have been good. But – you know, the, the Eagles just have so many good players. You know, they have Maxwell, they have Gordon, they have Edwards, they have Ramon Fletcher, friend of the pod, Ramon Fletcher. Love to see it. Um, and the Flyers just didn't have it. You know, Lockett and Adozi had good games. Zach Copeland, who's one of their stars, had a solid game. But the Eagles are tough. Yeah. They're going to be really tough this season. Um, and then the next game, which was a little bit of a blowout, uh, the Riders played the Rocks. It was 93-69, to 69, I think. And you know the rocks. The rocks. Yeah, the rocks have been on the receiving end of a few of these this season. Couple tough ones. (laughs) Yeah, but Corey Johnson and our guy Darian Nelson Henry, who I have played basketball with, he is very good. Also had incredible (laughs) games against better players than me. (laughs) That's great Uh, to hear. And my BBL fantasy player Issa Brandon also had a great game for the Rocks, even though they lost by thirty-one or whatever it was, thirty-four. So how are you doing in fantasy, Brian? You bring um, it up a lot. You know, I went for some, I picked with my heart. Okay. I'll say that. So I'm in, I'm, I'm not in the middle quite, of the pack. Okay. I'm not quite ready for you to start talking about your NBA fantasy team on here as well. Oh, I can't wait. Do you want to get into that right now? No. We had a family NBA fantasy draft. We're getting into it, I guess. We're getting into it. You don't get, I'm deciding the 50% of this conversation. <laughs> you can choose to respond or not. My team is looking really good. Your team is the team to beat. I did get, I drafted both Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren just to try to have some fire in the locker room. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. 
Yeah. Let us know how that goes. Uh, number one overall pick for me, Luka Doncic. Really excited for that. Who, was, who are your players? Best. Who was your pick? Um, I mean, I got pulled into this at the last minute to help the queen of hoops uh, because she didn't quite know who to draft. So I, I wasn't able to quite like strategize or anything. We got yep, some good yep. players. Lot so we got lot of excuses. Uh, Damian Lillard. I yep. honestly completely forget who we picked. <laughs> it's a very weird team with a bunch of random players. Yeah, well, I really wanted to draft Luca, and we were, I think we were fourth, and you drafted first, third. Oh, first. No, I was first. I grabbed him first. That makes sense. He's going to be so good. I can't wait for him to dominate. Uh, okay. But sh- shout on. out to Below the Rim, <laughs> to Pablo Cheeks for setting up the British basketball fantasy, BBL fantasy league that I'm in. It's been really fun in the middle of the pack. All right, BBL championship. Let's just touch on this briefly. Surrey and London both won. Our team, Skylar. Those are our teams. And they both won. Surrey came back. They played for you. We said play for the Duchess. She's a new fan. You need to pull out they a win. It. And they did. Thanks, Surrey. Appreciate it. Any other thoughts? No. Great. Thanks, Surrey. You did great. Uh, and then a really solid BBL All-Star 5. DeAndre Liggins, Martin Bowneck. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Justin Gordon, Jeremy Hemsley, Marcus Del Pesh. So really solid crew this week. Shout out BBL show. Love that they're actually doing the players of the week, players of the month. It's really adding. It's a really engaging way to keep up with the league. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of like, oh yeah, the NBA does this every week and it's very official. And it's like, oh, okay, we're adding some professionalism here. And uh, I love that they announced it on the show and they have their picks. So that covers the BBL for the week and the NBA, but a ton of basketball starts next week. We're very excited for it. But let's transition to our interview with Nat Coombs, which was very fun. Any thoughts on the interview, Skylar? Just transition them in easily here. Um, it was a really fun interview. Um, Brian and I got really stuck on this theme that Nat is a English person covering a, an American sport and we are Americans covering British basketball. And so we were very interested in kind of the cultural differences that kind of arise when you're covering a sport that's not from your original culture. And it was, it was a very interesting conversation. It was a really fun one. I I loved it. If you're at all interested in media or what goes on behind the scenes or how to grow sports through media, really good interviews. So we'll transition to that. Oh, go ahead. One more thought. Nat has the best radio voice of all time. So good. It's incredible. I, I, I like forget that people with those voices, like those voices are attached to like faces and humans. So like when I saw him on the Zoom talking, I was like, whoa, because he just has the best radio voice. A little intimidating too, just to be yeah. with someone that professional. Yeah, it was a lot. But Anyways. we'll transition to it now. Hey everyone, welcome back to High Tea Hoops. This is Brian Boche at the Duke of Hoops, and I am joined by the Duchess. What's up, Skylar? Hello, Brian. Super excited for today's interview. So we have a very interesting guest today because we are Americans covering largely a British sport for British mm-hmm. basketball. And we have on today Nat Coombs, who is from the UK covering an American sport. So a little switcheroo here. Nat, welcome to the show. <laughs> Good to be on. You're right. It's like diametric opposite to me. I know. But it's like the episode of the A-Team when Hulk Hogan was on. <laughs> you have a lot of American guests on to talk about American football. We have a lot of yeah. British guests on. It's amazing. 
Well, this was inevitable. This is bound to happen. It was in the yes. stars. I'm glad we've made it work. Exactly. And before we get into the real questions, Skylar has one to kick us off that I'm super excited for. <laughs> Honestly, I don't get to talk to football people on this podcast very often and honestly a lot of the times when we're making these outlines for our podcast that we send to our guests I'm truly just making myself giggle while I'm making the outline and then I can go through and delete all the things that made me giggle that were not important I figured I'd leave this one in for you Nat nice. did Lamar Jackson did he really have cramps or was that a euphemism and I do have to say this is the second round of the question the first round of the question was worse so you're welcome so this is so that game was on late at night over in the UK. And I'm sure yep. it's something we'll yeah. come back to, right? You know, covering being in love with American sports since I was a kid and uh, and that battle sometimes. So that was a game that initially I didn't stay up for, right? Mm -hmm. But what I found that I, that happens a lot of the time is I'll still wake up anyway in the middle of the night and I'll get game pass and before you know it, I'm, I'm being sucked in. So as it yeah. happened, that one I kind of woke up. In fact going back a couple of weeks on the night of the American election, there was a Thursday night football game. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happened where I was basically woke up in the middle of the night, was listening to audio of the American election and Thursday night football that I think was, I think the 49ers were playing if memory serves me correctly. So I was basically kind of drifting in and out of consciousness, flipping <laughs> between the American election coverage and Nick Mullins and Donald Trump got a fever dream. <laughs> fever dream yes. Ugh, yeah. I'm so, so sorry. Yeah, that was the night I, I want to forget quickly. <laughs> um, so the same kind of thing happened at this game. You know, I turned on, I was like, oh my God, this is sounds, this game sounds incredible. And I, it timed to perfection. So as I turned it on, I could hear the comms going, Lamar is coming <laughs> back out of the tunnel. <laughs> so, you know. Oh my God. That's amazing. It was amazing. So, so putting it all together the next morning when I, when I don't stay up all night for a game and I'm watching it back on, on a game pass or whatever the, the next day all the way through, you know, everything all kind of came together, right? And, <laughs> and look, I, he, in interviews afterwards, has said with a glint in his eye, uh, you know, I wasn't doing a Paul Pierce. I think, he, I think it was just like, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. That is a thing that it's now known in the trade as doing a Paul yeah. Pierce. But I, I am amazed it doesn't happen more often, guys. Me too. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I think cramps, you're right. I think it is stretching the truth. Have you seen the footage of him? Yes, running yeah. down the so tunnel, funny. Yeah. It Just makes waddling, it so more of a waddle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it didn't look completely cramped to me. So. No. And I'm, when he's I'm going in the door, he like shoved someone aside so he could get in faster. He's just like, <laughs> get a, out of the way. It's an emergency. Yeah, yeah, it really, really, we've all, well, we've all been there, right? We all we could all, we could all yeah. sympathize with that. Yes. I, you know, a lot of the broadcasts I do often are quite long without breaks. And, and, you know, I'm amazed that, that, that God hasn't happened on a personal level, but, you know, I'm amazed that it doesn't happen more often, you know, with yeah. athletes. And yeah. I did, it doesn't. I did appreciate the Paul Pierce uh, memes afterward. Of yeah. Them, yeah. Them photoshopping I always love when we can on. bring that back. Yes. yes in the wheelchair. I'm sure Paul Pierce is thrilled about that as well. Every time, yeah. <laughs> every time it is brought back. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some real questions. That was a real question, but before, yeah. <laughs> before like, we, what do you mean? Yeah, sorry. That was an absolutely real question and Thank on brand you. for this podcast. All right, <laughs> Nat. So you are on ESPN on the Nat Coombs show covering American football. You recently came on as presenter at Sky Sports covering the BBL, which we're very excited for. Can't wait to get into mm -hmm. that more, but do you want to introduce yourself to the audience who may not know you? Yeah, well, I am, a, a, as probably you might have guessed from, from that intro, a, a sports broadcaster and, and writer as well. I write, um, I write for the Times as well on NFL uh, mm -hmm. primarily. Uh, and I have been, had me for a long time. I guess I specialize in, uh, in American sports. As I mentioned earlier on, as a kid, <laughs> yeah. I just fell in love. Fell in love. I was always sports mad. 
so that is that is where uh, that came from and and always fascinated by america you know all my favorite comics were american as in comedians uh there was just a cultural re resonance early on even literature which i went to study my favorite writers are, are all Amer pretty much anyway all american so i've always been in love with america and so it was inevitable i was going to end up <laughs> involved in american sports but i kind of stumbled into it i wasn't an orthodox you know 11 years old i'm going to be a presenter even coming out of uni coming out of college it wasn't yeah. i wasn't clear what i wanted to do um but i found my way eventually yeah well how did you get into the your nfl gig covering uh you know the nfl for espn in the uk mm. Well, my NFL journey started as a broadcaster, God, back in 2007 was the first year I was doing it professionally, right? So I was really raw, a real rookie. I mean, I'd never done live television before. Um, my first year, I was at terrible, um, but I uh, learned a hell of a lot. And, and I landed that gig. It was a kind of long journey from... Um, to, to get there it's you know I, I guess there's a maybe a misconception in it with some people that you you can get into a spot like that quickly it's it's like so many things you just got to put in a lot of graft and a lot of time yeah um but i didn't start out saying i'm going to be a presenter it was actually stand-up comedy which was where my job wow and yeah and i and again with that i didn't set out thinking oh, i'm going to be a stand-up i fell into that uh, did you do stand-up i mean yeah, top secret's I'll one of our favorite comedy clubs in london you ever, oh, you ever hit up Top Secret? I never did Top Secret. So I gigged for four or five years uh, at the start of pretty much straight out of uni. So I kind of okay. got to I got to a pretty good level. You know, I was doing TV and radio spots and, and, and yeah. 20 minute spots in clubs. Um, and that was the beginning of it because I got signed by an agent mm -hmm. through stand up quite early on, I guess. So okay. I've been doing that maybe 18 months and I got signed by an agent. And it was pretty clear early on to me that I didn't want to. I wasn't going to be a, a lifelong stand-up. Like I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I got so much out of it, and it's been great grounding for me to, for live Seriously. presenting. But I, I just knew in my heart it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I had one of those, uh, you know, one of those phases that I guess we all have in life at some point. And what do I, what do I, what do I really want to do? Got really existential. Where am I yeah. going? Uh, and I thought, look, sports is what I want to do. I, this is where, where I want to go. So it would be disingenuous to say I had to start from the beginning because I had an agent and I already had, I guess, opportunities. Yep. But You're already um, talent. They're like, Matt I, Coombs, yeah. that guy's a talent. We can shift it. Yeah, they're, they're using the term very, very loosely. I think <laughs> that stage, I always hate that when refer, you have to refer to yourself or somebody's referring to you as the talent. I still, know, I love it too. Where's the talent? Is he, just, oh, he's late oh. again. I, Brian I it, loves it. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I think it 100% comes true. The moment you say the word, I think it has to come automatically with a simpatico kind of eyebrow raise, like where's yeah, the talent? Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, you're not allowed to say it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, that kind of helped a bit, and uh, you know, I, I just took any gig I could. I mean, advice I, I, I give to to those, and there might be you know, uh, you know, people out there now thinking about it and trying to get in. Just be humble and just grind and take whatever gig you can you know i think early yeah. on i think that's really important because i remember getting actually it was the first time i moved to espn so i've mm -hmm. actually worked with them twice and the first time i'd already been hosting for a few years uh on telly and radio and a producer from espn got in touch and said listen i've got a we've got a show and there's uh, a spot on the show we, we we want you to do but you know i'm not sure you'd be interested because you're presenting now you're anchoring now and yeah. it might be essentially saying it might be above your station and too talented because i'm because i'm talent that's what he said because you're talent, <laughs> talent. <laughs> the talent so i said oh well what's the what's the gig and it sounded great so yeah, sure of course let's let's do it and I, I did it for a couple of weeks kind of guest spot thing loved it and 
uh, about six months later, the same guy phoned me back and said, listen, our presenter's leaving the show. Do you want to anchor it? You know, so you just, you, I don't think you can go in with too many airs and graces and, and be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and be above your station, even yeah. if you're talent. <laughs> yeah, that's great advice. I'm intrigued by the NFL in the UK and how the NFL is, you know, it's such a uniquely American thing. And so to have it be popular in the UK, I just have a couple questions for you that I'm just honestly just dying to know. Shoot. So what, uh, like, what is the audience like for the NFL in the UK? Like, are NFL fans usually fans of all American sports? Uh, for my show, massive audience. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really interesting question, right? So th- th- there have been kind of two spikes, I guess. So when I was a kid and my generation, there was a, a, a spike. So there's a whole generation of, you know, 30, 40 somethings that were, that fell in love with it as a kid when it had a mm-hmm. kind of first, first boost. And then it went dormant for a fair while mm-hmm. uh, and has had a second coming. And I think that is, is definitely linked to the, the international series. I think that has been significant for all kinds of reasons, but I think it has created uh, a momentum in terms of programming. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I have uh, my ESPN show dedicated to it and there are other shows that are totally dedicated to NFL outside of the live programming, which mm-hmm. just wouldn't have happened, you know, 10, 10, 12 years ago. And certainly when I was starting out, it just wasn't the case. It was, here's your live coverage. And, and that was it. I, I think mm-hmm. digital has been a big part of it. You know, the access yeah. to so much content, of course. Um, so it's, it's definitely still, I would say, a cult sport over here, the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone involved with the NFL thinks it's going to supplant uh, the Premier League, not that it's trying to either. I think their rationale is, look, in, in the UK, football is still you know, the, the king in terms of popularity, but there mm-hmm. are so many sports that have a strong and, and, and sizable pocket of fans. Uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. that's Formula One, that's boxing uh that's uh you know rugby cricket all of these sports some maybe have particular spikes because of certain events or tournaments so like when wimbledon's mm-hmm. on everybody's watching tennis for the fortnight yeah. right but mm-hmm. um so i think the nfl's kind of pretty happy with that uh the other your other question is, is a really interesting one yeah i think there's a lot of crossover uh i used to do a show for years called americanage which was um a kind of early era pod which mm-hmm. was uh a bunch of us um and it was, it was it, originally, it was a format which a friend of mine said, what kind of show would you do if you weren't on a, on a, on a national TV show? Like, what would you say if the cameras were off? Kind of, that was the starting yeah. point for the show. So it was a kind of bit of an uncut, uh, um, you know, off the cut, off the record kind of show. But the, mm-hmm. there we talked American sports and pop culture and politics sometimes and all kinds of different things. But we put all the American sports together. So we talk... NFL, NBA, baseball, yeah. ho- hockey mm-hmm. as well. Uh, you know, sometimes a bit of college. And we found that whilst most fans um, had a favorite, most fans were crossing over, liked more than one, and actually were introduced to other American sports because they'd come to the show because they love NFL or NBA and yeah. mm-hmm. had found that baseball as well. So I think there is definitely a, an innate connection with the Brits who are into American sports that they just want more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I, you know, the NBA did such a good job with global growth and going mm-hmm. international and the NFL, I feel like fell behind a little bit. And I think they felt that. So it is good to see them investing more, you know, in Tottenham's new stadium, having right. more games over there. It's always a joke on our podcast in the States of like, 
Blake Bortles is he the greatest British football player of all time? Because <laughs> hey, he would only play. <laughs> he would only play well in the UK during those UK. early during those games. But it's but been really. You know, I've heard. I remember when. Um, it's interesting on, on that actually. That I think the NBA has actually been behind the NFL in the UK in terms yeah, of. Like, yeah, they feel that too. Trip, you know, yeah. Um, but on on the games, you know, there was often a joke. I think for many years, it's interesting watching how the international series played out in the States and, and, and chatting to my friends, you know, that are working in, uh, you know, in the media and sports media over in, in the U S you know, varying degrees of skepticism and I think cynicism initially with the whole thing. Yeah. And even, you know, somebody who I massively admire and, uh, uh, you listen to all the time, Bill Simmons, you know, yeah. I mean, Simmons and cousin Sal are always talking about, you know, what's the, you know, what rubbish game of the Brits got again, you know, poor, poor guys, but actually. Jaguars you know, the, at Tennessee in London. <laughs> which was a great game. But at that's 7 a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> right. So, but the, as you know, as, as you guys know, the, sometimes often the matchup is kind of irrelevant. You can have a fantastic game, even if it's not mm-hmm. necessarily a, a heavyweight team or a significant one. And, and I think as well, the, um, it's not a case of, oh, we've been starved of sport, a uh, live American sport for so long that we'll take anything. But at the same time, mm-hmm. sure, if we're getting three or four games a year, great. We're just seeing, you know, we're seeing football or, or NBA up close. I mean, yep. of course, we're gonna, you know, gonna enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's, um, I think it's only going to continue to grow o- over here. Uh, I think it's entrenched, you know, in the psyche. But to suggest that it's gonna, it's the kind of big. Sometimes when I do. Um, spots in the states if there's a london game because i anchor the the games on in london mm-hmm. i anchor those for the bbc right and yep. so I'll, as part of that um job i will get I'll, I'll be asked to do various media ops with uh you know news channels in the states right often yeah. relating to the teams that are playing and there is this idea that oh if you know someone asked me once you know if tom brady was walking down the street would he be recognized and it's like well no i don't know <laughs> he's not gonna be mobbed in the same way that you know you take most premier league footballers and put them in into the yes. six and not going to be recognized. That doesn't mean it yeah. doesn't have a fan base, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, the NFL, like I said a little bit earlier, it's so distinctly American. I think of all the American leagues, you know, everything is big. It's very violent. You know, the, mm. you know, the walk-up or not the walk-up, the intro music is iconic. I'm not mm. going to lie. Your voice talking about it to my ear sounds a little funny. Yeah, um, sure. So how do Brits find this like very American element of consuming the game? Is it, you know, is it confusing? Is it funny? Is it honestly annoying? Like I kind of am thinking of it as like what we do with Love Island. Like we all mm. kind of start <laughs> doing the voices and like kind of we try to like start using the phrases and stuff is it a similar thing yeah it's a a great question i think i think there is a definite um uh, appreciation and affection for the for the the bombast and the pomp and the ceremony Mm -hmm. um at the same time you know a a slightly kind of sarky ironic british uh, you know (laughs) approach almost exactly at the same time but what i found is i think there are a lot of americans like that as well right you know that self-deprecating and see that i see that and you know there's no doubt that a lot of our our listeners and my my espn show is very much geared at an an international audience but that's not not because if you know for example have you ever heard the world feed uh, for the super bowl mm-hmm. sometimes you know so you know whether it's nbc or whichever host broadcaster is doing it there'll also be an alternate world feed which essentially dumbs the game down we don't yeah. need to, to do that if anything actually i think that the literacy of the fan base in the uk is 
is extremely high. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember chatting to, to Greg Rosenthal about, about this from around the NFL at NFL Network, who I've worked with a lot over the years. And he was surprised, but nevertheless kind of said that the level of discussion topics we talk about, the interaction that, uh, that the fans are giving, that it's up there with the, the smartest football shows in, in the States. I don't necessarily mean mine specifically. I mean, just generally the, the football content over here. Uh, it's definitely not a case of us having to, to dumb it down. If anything, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, because we're a long way away from it, you know, there is an overcompensation sometimes that, yeah. to show yeah. how, much, how much we know. From a cadence point of view, yeah, we definitely, um, definitely ad- adopt an authentic, I think, with, 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 with the language. Uh, yeah. And I know what you mean. It's, when I'm listening to an American show talking about the Premier League or European football, which I love as well. Yeah. It, 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 I guess it depends on the show, but I, there is definitely a, initially a kind of slightly jarring. Yeah. You know, and you're thinking this, but having said that, I think, I think there are a lot of parallels there. If you look at how football is, soccer is growing in, in the States and therefore broadcasting okay. around it, I think that there is, um, that that is changing as well. And, and that acceptance over here, you take your average football fan, soccer fan, and play them an American broadcast of a, I don't know, Premier League show. If they've got American yeah. voices on it, they'd be like, what, you know, they, they'd find that a bit strange. I think. But <laughs> it's gradually changing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And to kind of switch gears a little bit to basketball, because football, mm. as we talked about, NBA is growing. It's not quite as established as even the NFL in the UK from kind of our understanding of it in our right. conversations. Right. And it's still growing. Um, but I, you know, let's, let's shift gears a little bit to the BBL where for the mm. first time in what, over a decade, the British basketball league is back on TV, uh, new deal with sky sports. I think it's 30 games, right? Yeah. That's and they right. brought in the heavy hitters, Nat Coombs, Kieran Achara, <laughs> Mike Tuck. The I mean, talent. Got, it's the so talent, much yeah. talent <laughs> they are the there. Talent. It's don't unbelievable. Forget, don't forget Drew Lasker as well. Drew, Drew Lasker. Lasker, oh, who shoot. is. I tell you what, I've done a few shows. So we're going, this Friday is going to be the third game we've done. Yep. And I've already got to, I've realized I've got to up my, up my trainer game, or my sneaker game. Uh, I've got to, I mean, on, on every level sartorially, I've got to step up a notch or two. I mean, Laska <laughs> yeah. in particular, my God, he's, he's, got, some, he's got some game. <laughs> and he's, he's really talented in media as well. It's been fun to hear him on the BBL show and all the stuff that he's doing. Yeah. Um, and we had Ramon Fletcher on, uh, two-time BBL MVP, his teammate. And he's like, man, I wake up, Drew Lasker on Instagram. I go to sleep, Drew Lasker, another Instagram <laughs> post. Like he's all right. over the place. He's everywhere. Uh, but what do you think it means for basketball in the UK to have the BBL, kind of the homegrown uh, league, back on TV and back kind of in the spotlight a little more? Oh, it's absolutely massive. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it can be under, underestimated. And uh, the... And the league needs it, you know, it absolutely yeah. needs it. And, and I think already, look, it's early doors and uh, nobody wants to get carried away, but I think already we can feel the energy, the, the kind of show that, that we wanted to put together. It was really clear to me from the beginning, actually, that when I got approached uh, uh, about it, which was the start of the summer is when, you know, the conversations first, first yeah. were happening about it. And uh, the guys producing it, Buzz 16, are a great crew. They're making oh, it. Amazing. Guys, sort of Production really value is incredible. Yeah, they had a really clear vision for what they wanted to do. And, and, uh, and that energy runs through the production team, runs through, you know, Drew and Kieran and Mike. I mean, everybody involved with it. There, it's just a, a positive thing. And that should be a given and it should be yeah. every project you're involved with or you begin to talk, <laughs> talk to people about, but it isn't always yeah. the way. And I think that will, that will stand the, the show and therefore the league in pretty good stead that there is... Um, 
you know, a, yeah, a really positive energy about the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, borrowing from football or from the NFL, where it is bigger than the NBA, it is bigger than basketball, typically, and in in, from what we've heard, what mm. has uh, football done well to grow kind of that, you know, the niche group of people that are interested, that fandom that maybe the British Basketball League and the NBA can borrow from? It's a great question. I, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier. I think, I think digital is really important and understanding that you've got to reach out increasingly through, through different channels um, systematically. And something I think that Buzz 16 and, and Sky Sports and, and the BBL themselves realize with this, that yes, it's fundamental to have the games live on Sky Sports, but there's going to yeah. be a massive either existing or potential audience out there that don't have Sky Sports, can't afford it aren't interested whatever reason and mm-hmm. you need to reach those 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 fans and potential fans in lots of different ways and i think it's also the type of content too because doing a live game you know as you guys know with your show it's it's a very different medium you can cover a lot of ground get into lots of different things that you just simply can't on a live broadcast so you know yep. the very mm-hmm. podcasting space and uh and using youtube and using short form video clips with players about i remember chatting to a, a friend of mine who works for nfl and he's kind of quite high up on the international expansion of the NFL. And it, we were at a Super Bowl a few years back. And I was asking what he was doing that week at the Super Bowl. And he was talking about all these different meetings he was having with broadcasters from so many different countries. Yep. And I said, so, so what's the broadcast product like in different countries? And he was explaining. And one of the things he said that was fascinating was he said in China in particular, where they're, they're obviously really trying to grow the NFL. Yeah. He said they are particularly interested in um, players showing a bit of themselves. So kind of like an MTV Cribs thing, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's what they love more than anything else. That's particularly what they want, right? (laughs) God, yeah, you've got to really think about the the things that resonate, the touch points with the different demographics, different different countries. And that's the same, bringing it back to your question with – uh, you know, with the BBL, if we just put the show out on Sky, great, that's good. But where it's going to really gain traction and where basketball, more broadly, I think it's going to gain a bigger fan base is by using lots of different channels and lots of different styles of content to yeah. do that. Is that why Mike Tuck just launched his TikTok account? 100%. <laughs> I mean, Brian that somehow is- finds a way to bring up Mike Tuck every single pod. And TikTok usually. And TikTok. TikTok. I think TikTok will be the singularly most important reason why the, the BBL and indeed the yeah. game of basketball grows in this country. I, think <laughs> I agree. London Lions just started their account. Shout out Lions. It's great. <laughs> I got to get the TikTok tip. TikTok, yeah, TikTok no. tip. I can't even say it. I got to get the TikTok tip. I mean, I'm way behind on that, man. I got to move on that. You got to get on, on it. You got to get after that so, Gen you Z got, audience. Have you guys got a TikTok? Yes. Brian is the TikTok master. Yeah. I have a lot of followers on TikTok. Have you? You got a big base. I got to get moving on that. It's it's super effective. It's hard. Um, I think it it took me like the last year and a half to get to 320,000 followers. Um, What? Yeah. But once you get there, (laughs) if you're listening, you might not have known I'm a TikTok celebrity. The talent right here. He's a TikTok talent. talent. You are talent, Matt. You are talent. talent. I didn't know you were TikTok talent. That's amazing. (laughs) No, but it is. I mean, it's super powerful. Even like the Mm. best, there's different communities like we've talked about where there is Mm. the, there's NBA, TikTok, there's basketball, TikTok, there's NFL and American football, TikTok. Yeah. It's a good channel. And I think it's, it's, you know, where overtime is going, ESPN, Mm. you know, all of these different providers are huge on TikTok because it's so good for the short form, getting to know a player, doing a highlight reel. There's so many formats you can fit into it. So. 
yeah, I, to- yeah, I yeah. very much agree with your, uh, with your statement. Finding those channels to reach those new audiences is really important. I've got to practice what I preach now. I'm going to, the moment we finish this, I'm getting on to ESPN saying, where the hell's our show TikTok? Where's our TikTok? What the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm talent though, you know? Come yeah, on, I'm talent. Get it, <laughs> yeah. get it rolling. So we were talking about what basketball can learn from the NFL in growing. Um, mm. And, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about how the NFL is so insanely American. I mm. wonder for you what it's like to cover both of these sports, to cover the BBL and to cover mm. the NFL. They seem so different that, you know, the BBL is British basketball. The NFL is so American. Mm. You know, are you code switching But when you're going between – uh, covering these sports, what's it like to kind of, you know, do you adopt different tones? What's it like to go between those sports? It's a great question. I, I, I guess I am a little bit that, you know, that there are so many similarities with what I do or parallels, I should say, and then, mm-hmm. then some fundamental differences. So if we start with the, the live stuff, right, that, that is almost interchangeable, right? Mm-hmm. The, from a technical point of view and and how I approach that that's what I love I think more than anything else is doing live live sport right and Mm -hmm. and that I think is what really drew me to the the BBL gig in particular initially it was we're going to do 30 live games it's like right where do I sign I'm in that's uh, that's that's great and other stuff around it cool interested um with the NFL it's different I guess for me but you're right the approach and the style is different depending on the format and the medium so uh the ESPN show I do um, is still it's quite newsy, I guess. We take big topics and, and big subjects and talk about them. But uh, as we were saying a bit earlier on, it's uh, any sometimes it's a you know an hour and twenty minute pod or you know anything mm-hmm. between forty five minutes and that. And uh, most of the guests that are on it are guys that I've worked for a long time that I have a good relationship with. So so it's a different kind of vibe to doing a live structured show. So mm-hmm. I guess sort of jumping between the types of shows I do between the two is is distinct. Mm-hmm. In terms of the games themselves, yeah, you know, the for me as a as a kid growing up in Britain and being in love with American sports from as far back as I can remember, I I, I guess I see them just automatically connected. Actually, even though the, mm-hmm. the BBL is is fundamentally different from from the NFL in terms of scale um, and, and other obvious uh, uh, distinctions, to me they're really I, I find them very similar. Uh, you know, I've I think I've always been clear about what I wanted to do. Um, from fairly early on in, in, you know, on this journey and what I didn't want to do. Right. And I thought the things I really, I love American sports and that maybe wasn't the smartest game plan at the start of my career. And, you know, this is so, and I've been lucky in that respect that the NFL has blown up over here to the degree and, yep. and, you know, uh, things are kind of going in that direction, but I knew that's what I wanted to, to do and, and, and be involved with. So I kind of followed, followed my instinct and followed, followed my, uh, my, my guns on that. But but yeah, it's it, to have the BBL opportunity, you know, now and seeing where the potential for the league and where it can go, I think is, mm-hmm. is really, really exciting. Yeah. And before we get into listener questions, which we have some mm. fun ones, uh, awesome. any fun anecdotes from being on with, with the crew so far? Any behind the scenes stuff you want to share? What kind of has impressed you about this BBL season and coverage so far? Well, I probably shouldn't say, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but hey, I, uh, I'll just, <laughs> that, my disclaimer is throwing out, throw that out now. I, um, so the first show, right, which was a double header. Yep. Uh, so we did two games back to back from Newcastle, from Drew Lasker's Newcastle Eagles. Um, and so we were on air at 4.30, right? Five o'clock tip off first game and then about half an hour in between, 40 minutes, and then the second game. So long old broadcast, right? We got off air in the end, I think about 
9.30, right? So yep. this is a five hours plus in live broadcast. So I'm in London. I live in London. The game's in Newcastle. I got the train up in the morning with uh, one of the bosses of, of, uh, of Buzz who, you know, producing the show. And we left in pretty good time. Um, well, I should have known something was going to go wrong because, <laughs> because I, got to, I got to the station and bought a co- I went to a Joe and the Juice. Yep. Bought oh. a coffee, uh, a, a, a ridiculously colored smoothie shake kind of thing. And I, kind of, I stocked up well for the, the journey. Yeah. Dropped drop them, had it in a bag. The bag broke. So oh, just no. so within, within about 30 seconds of buying them. So just on the floor. <laughs> This is this might be one of those days. So we we were about an hour out of uh, London, and the train journey to Newcastle is maybe three hours, I guess three and a half hours, right? The train stops, as you will find trains will stop all the time in the UK for no reason whatsoever. We sat there for an hour, and oh. yeah, you can see where this is going. And then it just trundled in backwards. So the train started moving the wrong way. <laughs> so I said to Scott, I think we're going the wrong way. And he just nodded. Didn't even say it. He just kind of nodded like, oh boy. We trundled into Grantham, the station. And long story short, all trains canceled that day. We had to cab it, taxi cab it from Whoa. Grantham to Newcastle. Um, this is proper planes, trains, and automobiles, right? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we got to Newcastle with about 40 minutes before we were meant to be live on air. So that first broadcast that we did, oh, we wow. had no rehearsal. I That's mean, terrifying. God, it, was, it was proper seat of your pets. So the fact that we got through that, and, and this is credit to, to Mike, to Drew, to Kieran, yeah. to everybody behind their camera as well. I mean, heavyweights. We just, we just just had to get on with it and dealt with it. It was uh, authentic. It didn't seem rehearsed at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the plus side. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's already fun and games from, uh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I love that anecdote. All right, let's get into some audience questions. We have Paul Nicholson, friend of the pod, came on the mm. podcast last friend week. Friend of the pod. Uh, so he's a coach at the, the Plymouth Raiders. And he asked, mm. because he talked a lot about having to wear so many hats while you're working for a BBL team. British basketball media has changed massively over the last few years, and we're finding that multiple people are trying their hand at new things to try to grow the sport. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to media teams across the BBL who are not necessarily media people, but are trying something new and trying to grow through that method? So love this question, Paul. Yeah. I uh, would love your insights here, Nat. It's a great question. You know, one of the things that um, we talked about where, when we started looking at the, at the coverage for Sky was the XFL. Right. So, yeah. and, and, and it sounds like I'm just saying this because I'm a company man, right? Because ESPN had the, <laughs> had the rights, but, um, but the XFL coverage, uh, and we had um, Tom Luganbill was, was uh, you know, one of the broadcast crew for, for ESPN when the XFL was on earlier this year was, uh, was one of our regulars on, on, on my show. Um, uh, so we, we uh, paid close attention to it, I guess is what I'm saying. And they were doing some really interesting stuff. You know, they were grabbing players as they were coming off the field and all kinds of other stuff that you wouldn't see on other broadcasts. And I think that's something that we've talked about with the BBL coverage and, and the XFL, very supportive, I think, working with ESPN at the time to, to create the best product they could. And, and I think the BBL feel the same way. So I guess I just take that as an, as an extension. Think about things that perhaps you wouldn't see other sporting leagues or other teams try and, and do uh, typically uh, and, and think about more left field types of content. I think that that's really key. Cause I th- and I think yeah. there is that potential there with the, the teams individually and the BBL collectively 
you know, it's an emerging sporting league. I mean, I know it's got a great history, but in the grand scheme of things, the league wants to get bigger and grow a bigger audience. And, and so obviously the teams do as well. So I think that yep. there's a huge potential there to be a bit more creative, whereas bigger teams, you know, I remember um, when I was first with the SPN, the, the show I did that I mentioned earlier on that I, I ended up ended up hosting, it was kind of a, it was, it was a sports chat show, right? And it was kind yep. of an irreverent, we have three studio guests, there'd be a comedian, there'd be an actor, you know, that kind of thing. And, our, the very first rehearsal we did, we actually rehearsed for that show, right? <laughs> the very <Yeah>. first re <laughs> rehearsal that we did, I had written a line that um, led into a package, right? We were rehearsing the show and I said, uh, it was just after the 2010 World Cup, right? And I'd said, it was a line along the lines of um, uh, the 2010 World Cup, which featured 714 of the world's best players, uh, and Gareth Barry right? was, the, was, the line, was the line originally, right? Which, yeah. uh, and so uh, we carried on. And then at the end of the rehearsal, and there were loads of suits there as well, you know, in the gallery, like watching what was going yeah. on. It was kind of very much that kind of vibe. And the, the producer came over to me and he said, Nat, brilliant, great, great, uh, great, great stuff. And I said, oh, thanks. And he goes, just one thing though, um, the uh, Gareth Barry line, uh, can't say it. And I said, oh, okay. I, it was just, a, not, uh, Gareth Barry's a good player. Like, I'm not, it's, just yeah. a gag. it's just a gag. I'm not, you know, and he goes, no, no, I know, I know. It's great. It's a great line. You can't say it. And I said, okay, um, no problem. And I walked away really confused thinking, I thought they wanted like an irreverent, you know, I thought that's the kind of thing they wanted. And was it a bad, I don't think it was funny. You know, and, a, and a, months later, we we're having a beer and I said, I've got to ask you, now the very first show we did, and you cut that line. Was it just a rubbish line? Is that what? And he goes, no, no, I loved it. And he said, well, why couldn't I use it? And he said, oh, well, because we had a media opportunity with Manchester City uh, in, in like two weeks' time. And if that line had gone out, it would have really annoyed them. And it's like, ah, oh, okay, now wow. I get it. All right, I'm start, starting to see it. So I think those, um, those constraints that you have, if you're working you know, with the Premier League or the NFL and, and what you can mm -hmm. and can't do, I think you can be a little bit more left field with, uh, yeah. you know, with emerging leagues. So that would be my, that would be my advice. Yeah, I think. That's great advice. Thanks for the question, I, Paul. Yeah, I love that advice. All right, we'll finish up on one more audience question. And these are my favorite types of audience questions. They're the ones where uh, I'm assuming it's from a friend of yours and they just make no sense to Brian and I, which is fun. <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah. God. This sounds ominous. So from at Minnesota underscore UK, could you beat Michael Carlson at risk? <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Could I beat Mike Carlson at risk? So and why Mike is he Carl your dad? <laughs> On Twitter, his bio is Nat's dad. Oh, Nat's dad. Oh, Cause his son is also called Matt. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why. Good. So he's not referencing you. <laughs> oh, coincidence. He's not actually my dad. Nat. Yeah, different Nat. He's yeah. like, Nat, I'm your father. Oh. Your talent, and I'm your father. <laughs> every, in fact, yeah, every time, so Mike's someone I've worked with for years, and, and, and he used to have a line, uh, every time any player called Nat or Nate, uh, he would throw, whatever the context he was saying, it would say, nice name, Nat. <laughs> so, so, like, so Nate Washington uh, had a touchdown, nice name, Nat. And just, 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 <laughs> just throw it in. Throw it in, wherever, whatever you're doing. Um, so yeah, Mike, Mike's someone I've worked with for, for a long time, uh, a long time collaborator. We're kind of, you, I guess, you know, uh, worked together a lot on NFL coverage, still a regular on my, uh, on my ESPN show. And uh, we're kind of an odd couple vibe, I guess, you know, that he is American, lived over here for a long time quite unreconstructed um, 
old school Clint Eastwood style in many ways. <laughs> uh, yeah. So actually someone once compared us to, do you remember the movie with Eastwood and, and Charlie Sheen? I should be careful where I go with this, but with Charlie Sheen <laughs> and Clint Eastwood called The Rookie, right? Which is basically, mm-hmm. uh, Sheen is, is, is a rookie cop and Eastwood is the skeptical, grizzled, old, you know, vet. Uh, that's me that example wouldn't work well on TikTok, by the way. Wrong audience. That that yeah. that was too old for me, and I am too old for TikTok, so that will not work on TikTok. I have I have no chance there. <laughs> All right, answer the question, Nat. Can you beat him or not? I feel like you're deflecting. We want to yeah. know if you can beat him at risk. I think I think I would be able to because I think he's genuinely, naturally a better, more talented player. Um, but I would be able to distract him with mainly with conversation points about himself i would just get him because my gloves just get him to talk about himself distract him constantly uh (laughs) maybe cheat as well as i'm doing that you know um and then i'd have a fighting chance but he's very competitive so i think he he would uh, i wouldn't have the um to win at risk you know you've got to be really really ruthless and i think i'd probably start well and then uh, fade fast. <laughs> so, uh, so if I couldn't get my distracting tactics on, I think I think Mike would win. Yeah, almost like the Pittsburgh Steelers, starting strong, fading as time goes on. Thank you so much for coming on, Nat. We appreciate it. Thank you, Nat. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me.